Hi, Brandon Monroe here, and you're listening to the Bernie Breakdown. NASCAR gets ready to head to the Monster Mile this week. A lot of the stories people have been talking about, unfortunately, don't have to do what's been going on out on the racetrack, but off of it. I'm Brandon Monroe. Alongside me, as always, is Mark Chavez. And as stated before, everything that everyone is talking about, while it does have to do with Denny Hamlin, it doesn't have to do with how his race ended on Sunday or that of his 2311 cars. It has to do with what was said after the race on Twitter. Not much was was said, really. Just uh, it's true. Were, <laughs> memes were posted, and I mean, I'm sure everyone listening at this point knows uh, knows what happened. It's one of those things where I understand why people were maybe offended, and I understand some of the emotional response that people had. I've was one of those things that I've long been in the category of, if this is what you're worrying about. I think a lot of your focus is misplaced. I will say, and I, I, I you know, said this to you earlier in the week too. I, these kind of things do fresh frustrate me when they happen in NASCAR, just because there's already the stereotype of NASCAR being nothing but a bunch of racist ticks for, lack of a better word. And it's not, but I mean, that's just, it's a lot of how the media is portrayed it, a lot of how people view it. And so anytime anything like this happens, it's just something else for some more cannon fodder for those people that are always trying to push that. So that's the thing that makes me uh, the most disappointed about it. It just, it's frustrating whenever it happens, just because like I said, it's just more cannon fodder. It's already an image that NASCAR is desperately trying to shake, which is ultimately, I'm pretty sure, why Denny Hamlin got a a visit from the sensitivity training police. Something I said that was going to happen almost as soon as he tweeted it. At the end of the day, it doesn't really matter what any of us think if it was funny or not. NASCAR's, I mean, this is going to be NASCAR's MO going forward, and I I can't say I blame them. I know they desperately want to get away from this very negative stereotype that is around. Uh, NASCAR is it's just better for the business if they can get rid of it. So I expect them to come down to the le- to this level on it, which I mean, it's not like it's anything crazy. It's mostly just, hey, please stop. Go take the sensitivity training that none of us know what it is and none of us will ever know what it is uh, because I don't think it really does anything or means anything. It's just a means of them getting to apologize, basically, and not do it again. So... Yeah, I'd have to agree with that. I think if this was obviously, you know, 10, 15, 20 years ago, even if social media was around back then to what it is now. It was five years ago. Yeah, I I think, you know, we laughed it off and, you know, maybe I mean, there'd the, be a the, couple the people that complained that'd be it. The clip is literally from a TV show that, I mean, that clip probably is 15 year old at this point. It's Yeah, that, that was from an older season of Family Guy. <laughs> it is a, a pretty old one, but I mean, at the end of the day, right, like... The issue with this, if anything, I don't like Denny Hamlin, sure, but like, how are you not just going to get upset at Family Guy 2 for it? And I don't think anyone should. I think these are the kinds of things. It's just, I feel like people just get, they get lost in the sauce with it, right? I get, like, it was undeniably, it was, it was racist. I mean, whether a lot, I think people would be calling it racist, whether it was 
tweeted directed at Larson or just directed at a driver that doesn't happen to be Asian. I don't think people's response changed all that much from it. I think people often forget Larson, especially people outside the sport. They're not going to in any way guess that Larson is Asian just by looking at it. They're going to get upset by the meme anyway. Um, but I don't, I mean, I don't think this doesn't make me think Denny Hamlin's any more racist or less racist than I did before. I don't think that was the intention behind it. Just unfortunate. I mean, I, I thought it was funny. I think most of us thought it was funny, but I also knew that immediately this is what was going to happen. And like I said, at the end of the day, it doesn't really matter what we think are funny as, uh, it's just kind of the way the world is now, whether you like it or not, you have, we're kind of now all forced into one of these two camps where nothing can be offensive or everything can be offensive. And it, it kind of sucks, but it is what it is. Yeah. Um, like you put it, that's, that's just the way the world is now. I think, uh, this is probably, as you said, it's, it's what was expected. It's really probably the best thing NASCAR could do. I think yeah, you I already mean, put it like I think you already put it perfectly. It's more of just a don't do it again. Yeah, <laughs> Please don't not, do it again. They're not like actually penalizing or anything. I think that's where people would get like there are a lot of people that are already like all out there talking about cancer culture or whatnot. But I mean that's just what the world is today. We live in a highly integrated world where everything's multicultural. And yeah, there are some people that want to be made that have no problem being made fun of, but some people don't want to be made fun of just by being born a specific race. Doesn't I mean you sign up to agree to be made fun of. And you know, we've had some of these jokes for, I mean, probably centuries, but at this point for us, decades. And it's it just you have to adjust with the times, at least in public settings. And at the end of the day, they're not. It's not like they're penalizing him really at all. Like, he has to take some sensitivity training. It's not like he got docked points or got fined or anything. So, I think when they start, if they ever were to start doing that, I think that's where fans have a lot more grounds to be angry. Um, but, at the end of the day, I mean, it's a very minor thing, and we live in a very corporate world. Whether we like it or not, like, it's just... What it is, uh, I mean, it, it's, it is funny how quick things change, though. I feel like it was maybe just a little over a decade ago out in the NFL. Riley Cooper starts dropping the N-word, and nothing really happens. Like, there was news about it and everything, but I don't... I don't, I don't even he, think he got suspended. He didn't, he didn't even yeah. suspended or anything, and now, not all that long later, it's very different, and it should be. It should be. Like, it's, it's not okay... And there should be punishments for it. Sometimes things can go too far. Um, but, I mean, first of all, I'll start off with saying anyone that thinks that what this, what he did here and what Larson did are in any way the same you know, are off their rockers. I, I've seen a couple people say that, and it I just blows my mind. <laughs> it, it, they're, they're just not the same. They're, they're just not. Uh, but, I mean, Larson's, what he did then, will have effects forever. And I think there is a non-zero percent chance that if Larson doesn't do that, some of the stuff that's happened since then maybe gets slid under the rug a little bit. They just kind of like, oh, just take it down and that's the end of it. Don't do this, you know. Mm -hmm. And now it's just kind of always put a spotlight on him. And 
it's it, I mean they're just not the same. They're not not Larson got a punishment that at the end of the day, right? It, it, people want to keep talking about NASCAR suspending it, but it didn't really matter. He was not going to have a ride that year anyway. Like all the sponsorship left, unless he was either go putts around in a Rick Ware car. That was it. That would have been entertaining, and, at least. and I, it would have been entertaining. I mean, I think it's pretty pretty clear that that's the case. When even in the next year, Larson had very few sponsors that weren't from Rick Hendrick. It's pretty well documented that Larson was getting paid effectively a rookie contract. And was probably making the least amount of money he's ever made in the Cup Series. With, like I said, sponsorship that was almost entirely in-house. I think it lines up with the idea that no one at the time really wanted to have a lot to do with him from outside of NASCAR. It's been, I don't know if there's any, been any official sources with it, but it's been pretty heavily rumored that Ford didn't want anything to do with him, and that's why he didn't end up at SHR. Or at least that's what took SHR out of the equation. Even if, if they're in there, maybe he still winds up at Hendrick. Who knows? Uh, but, I mean, it, who would have blamed him for going to SHR after the season Harvick had in 2020? So, I mean, ultimately, Chase did wind up winning the championship, but I, Harvick certainly had the better season. So, he was, people want to act like it didn't really matter, but I mean, none, none of the, there weren't, he didn't have any sponsors, really. Like, no, I, I think if you he's, had the sponsors there and if Ford wanted to give him the money, I, I think there's a good chance that he ends up at Stuart Haas. And, and, you know, the whole landscape of the sport's just completely, oh, completely different, different now. Right. Different. But everyone acts like NASCAR handed out this huge penalty by suspending him for years. Sure, they did it, but it, even if he's not suspended, he's not, like I said, he's not in a, a good ride anywhere. Once that spot, I mean, Ganassi doesn't have the money to fund a car entirely by himself, which is what it sounds like he would have had to have done. If he wanted to keep Larson in that car, plus there is some sponsorship that continued after Larson was gone that I'm sure if Larson had stayed, they wouldn't have just wanted to be off of Larson's car, but they probably would have been wanted to be out of the team. Yeah, I was going to say there's probably sponsors that were on Kurt Busch's car at the time, which they might not have been, you know, primary sponsors on Larson, but they probably wouldn't want to have been associated with Chip Ganassi had they kept him around after all that happened. I mean, and Larson made a mistake. He owned up to it. And I think a lot of the stuff he did afterwards, everyone, people seem to forget that there's a lot of stuff he did that was behind the scene. Like, I remember there was an Instagram photo that's, that Larson didn't post. I don't even think Larson was tagged in it of, of him helping out in the community that someone happened to find that, or like, look what Larson's doing. Like, he was very private about what he did afterwards, but it does seem pretty clear to me that he at least tried to get a better understanding of things like he tried to better himself as a person so he did he paid his dues he paid his his what he had to do and it goes on but acting like what he did and what what hamlin tweeted which is a clip from a show that is on tv still they're just not the same thing no i i would agree not even close Still, Denny Hamlin going to have to deal with the consequences, although I think we're all in agreement yeah, here that it's a slap on the wrist and just, again, a, a slap on the wrist is worse. Like, yeah. I mean, it's, uh, it's going to be pretty consistent going forward. You do something really bad, you will get suspended. And that line, we don't know quite where that line is, but... I, I think we, we kind of know where the line is in terms of getting suspended. <laughs> well, I'm just saying, right? Like, we know the line is before the N-word. Or before, I don't think that Mike Wallace ever even said the N-word, but uh, he, before at least the stuff he said, and after posting a meme, or I don't know if that or the R-word is worse. I'm sure people will disagree on it. 
uh, I would say saying the R word that Kyle said was probably worse than posting a clip from a TV show that aired in the century. So that's mm-hmm. just my two cents on it. Yeah. So Denny Hamlin, once again, going to sensitivity training. I'm sure he'll pass that with flying colors. Um, back to th- st- back to talking about that line, though. Uh, while not racially motivated with memes or bad words or anything like that, apparently um, punching somebody in the area below the belt will get you a suspension <laughs> as point or not points leader, but championship contender in the Arca series, Daniel Die was arrested for punching a classmate in the genital area. I can't believe this actually happened. Just, I can't believe we're talking about it. Yes, punctured his testicles. Again, without the charge, is unlikely to be... Uh, really, he maybe gets suspended, but he doesn't get suspended indefinitely if that's all I, that comes out of it. Certainly doesn't happen already. Is is this the most Arca headline ever? Like just this whole story, it could it could only happen in Arca. <laughs> well, I mean, there's not very many other times that you're in school still racing. Only other than Arca, a couple exceptions, but by by and large, uh, but I mean, it's uh, derails a career that I'm not going to say was promising. I had almost no opinion on it, but his lawyer out here acting like there's any scenario where oh it was just a game gets Daniel die off the hook is pretty <laughs> hilarious to me. Like I like I uh, told you I would not be shocked if this settles out of court and Daniel Die does not officially get charged with anything or what have you or take some plea agreement and gets charged with some minor, minor misdemeanor. But I mean at the end of the day First of all, the, the story around it is all kinds of bonkers because it's it's really incredible it, it the was, whole the whole thing. <laughs> I don't know which way to make of it, but at the end of the day, what I do know is uh, the already weak championship contender field in the Arca series just got one step weaker. Uh, that that would be true. There's probably only three guys right now that we would say are legitimate contenders: uh, Raja Karuth. What uh, Nick Sanchez and the third one, who I just had the points up here and it disappeared on my phone. Well, I think the, the crazy thing with it too, right? And it's hard to say which of those are championship contenders for sure. For no reason other than two of our three races have been plate races. Mm-hmm. So who who knows who ends up being other? Right now, Raja leading by, I mean, still technically only one point, but that guy is is Daniel Dye. So mm-hmm. we Parker will, Chase, uh, that's the third one. That's the third we'll, we'll see where it ends up, but it's just, uh, yeah, that was some strange news to, <laughs> to read this morning, that's for sure. I think this like begs the question, because if you go on social media, there's a lot of people saying, oh, this is not normal for high school students. Yeah, I'm not saying to this level <laughs> what happened in high school all the time, but... Back when we were in school, of course, different parts of the country, I'm pretty sure we could come up with some crazy stories that happened while we were back in high school. Uh, this this actually does seem, while not right by any stretch of the imagination, but typical, just idiotic teenage behavior. Uh, I mean, sure, sure. None of my friends punched each other in the nuts. Um, 
I'll never really understand guys' fascination for punching each other in the nuts. It doesn't... It's never made a lot of sense to me. We no, all hate hurt. it. It hurts like a mother effer. <laughs> Yet uh, we do it to each other. It is a pretty sadistic thing. But a pretty, <laughs> pretty consistent thing. I don't... Do other countries do this? <laughs> this is just an American thing. Like, listen, I I wish I could say this uh, <laughs> is something that we didn't do back when we were in high school. But I know well, in no, the area I, I went to high school, I think it was actually back in middle school, which would make more sense. But there was a thing that everybody called Fiesta Friday, and it involved it involved trying to just hit everybody else in the nuts. Why did you do this? No, I don't know. I couldn't tell you why. It was just a thing. (laughs) So, I get it. It's dumb. But, you know, kids are stupid, I think would be the best way to put it. Uh, Very unfortunate for Daniel Dye. Um, Pretty happy, though, that Florida has the the laws they do, so you can just get the full scope of the story. At least as much. Yeah, that is you know, there. a lot of wacky things. Actually, I was reading something just to go on a quick tangent the other day, but that's why that's effectively why Florida Man exists as yes. as a meme because mm-hmm. for basically every crime committed that's docked out there, basically all the information is immediately publicly available. I, I so, think it's great. Whereas, like you know, California, all that you might get is that a man was booked for public urination in florida you get man pees off of overpass onto oncoming traffic like just because all, i mean yeah no i mean it's probably honestly how everything should be but it's just funnier in because of, florida the law just no yeah i mean listen having lived in florida i florida would still be up there for the crazy stories i mean you you mix Humans and gators and I was about to say that too. Who doesn't <laughs> who doesn't like opening up the headlines and see something that reads Florida man calls cops after gator breaks into trailer and eats his meth? Like that's what you um, get when you're down there. It's great. <laughs> but I mean looks to be uh, I mean we'll see. But I mean he's been suspended by the Arca series. GMS while not officially saying he's been released is you know, put out the usual monitoring the situation stuff so and i mean ultimately i think it's a matter of it's not like they have to make a decision now he's suspended by arc anyway so he ain't gonna be racing anytime soon right but so. yeah it's a interesting story to say the least it's it's very interesting one of the only times we've probably talked about arca so far this year and maybe it won't be the last uh but uh <laughs> It's something else. Still still can't believe it's a thing. That's just the world we live in today. Uh, moving on to something nicer, I guess, uh, in terms of news-related stories in the NASCAR world. Uh, the ratings for the Xfinity series from the Talladega race this past week, uh, through the roof. Through, through the roof. Uh, obviously going to be among the highest of the season. It was carried on mainline Fox News, not on uh, or not Fox News sorry mainline Fox not on Fox Sports so automatically going to have higher ratings than you would normally expect but had the highest ratings that we've had for any Xfinity event since Daytona of 2017 
And uh, I mean, I think it's undeniable. There's very likely an Earnhardt factor here at uh, in play. I I would think so, a hundred percent. Jeffrey being in that car really put a lot more eyes on that race. Who doesn't love an Earnhardt? Who doesn't love Talladega? Love Throw Larry, Larry Mack. Mack. Yes, yes, Larry Mack also involved in that I as well. I would be interested to know as well. Like obviously, and I'm sure this is true in all three series. We know it's true in the Cup Series, that the Daytona 500 is the biggest draw of the year. Uh, I don't know the last time another race was higher than that. I'm sure there have been some at some point, but pretty consistently it is the highest rated race, most watched race of the year. So I would be pretty interested in finding out what was the last non-Daytona race, non-season opener in the Xfinity Series that had this many viewers. Because it's already impressive enough that it's the most viewers for any event since Daytona in uh, 2017. But I would not be surprised if it's a, still a few more years after that before you get to another non-season opener that uh, draws that, that many eyes to the, uh, to the TV. But even in the Cubs series, ratings still pretty good. Uh, ratings themselves down 0.2. I don't actually know what ratings numbers mean. There's a lot of things that go into it. Uh, but the, the viewership number is only down, looks like, less than 20,000. And I think a lot of this just, there's, I mean, fewer, fewer people that have TV, too. Every year that number gets fewer. But still another solid race, 4.6 million viewers. Uh, a lot of the races this year have been over 4 million. I think Coda was the only one under 4 million so far this year. For the the Cup Series, oh, and Martinsville, but that was on Fox Sports Four on FS1 Saturday Some night reason. rain delay. All the check marks for that to be a bad all the check race. marks for it to be a, a bad race. I don't understand why. I'm, I mean, you mentioned it earlier, but the Martinsville's had been on Fox Sports, and I don't understand why. It's a pretty, I don't know. It feels like a popular race, but I never. I always think things are going to go one way and then they go. I another, think sometimes but. you got to try to throw popular things on there to draw it to the, the station. You know, I think these networks, they want to get eyes on there. They want to justify it, having views and, you know, raise money for it and stuff like that. You got to make some sacrifices. I guess they view Martinsville as one of those ones that could bring people in to watch. But if I'm NASCAR, Fox, NBC, whoever, I am doing everything in my power to make sure that at every plate race, Jeffrey Earnhardt and Larry Mack, if possible, are on that three team. Because, I mean, he did good. He ran up near the front most, if not the whole race, and uh, was making a run at the end, just couldn't quite get it done. But, I mean, it's good to see. It's a good story. And I'm just having that extra car. In, within the team camp, certainly can't help either at a plate race. I've always thought Jeffrey, too, he's been a guy who I think he kind of gets a bad rap from driving, you know, just basically crap race cars the majority of his career. In the few times he's been in quality equipment, he hasn't run awful. I'm not sitting here saying, you know, you get him in a cup car, a quality cup car, he's going to win races and championships. Not that at all. I think he could be a serviceable, you know, Xfinity driver in good equipment. I would love for him to get a full-time ride in something like an RCR car. That's that's a long, long way down the road. He obviously has to prove himself in the limited starts he could possibly get from here on out. 
But if he's able to, you know, put together some good runs, maybe some more sponsorship comes in. The Xfinity series has always been full of guys like, you know, Michael Annette, for example. He's okay, could keep the car clean for the most part, won a race. I think Jeffrey Earnhardt could do that. And if he's able to, you know, that, that'd be great for the sport, I feel like, just having an Earnhardt running full-time again. You know, they, they already sponsor several drivers, but I don't know, man. Jeffrey Earnhardt just seems like a natural fit for a Bass Pro Shop sponsorship. If, if they had, like, a Catfish Pro Shop, I would well, agree. I He's I mean, a hell of a noodler. <laughs> He's a hell of a noodler, but I mean, he's just an outdoors guy. Like, yeah, no, I, I agree. I get what you're saying. He'd be a good fit. He you would. Should, you don't just have bass fishing equipment. <laughs> <laughs> they, they have a lot more than that. That's true. Uh, no. The only other couple things of, of news real quick. Larry Mack back in the booth this weekend. Uh, I know a lot of people hope that that would be a permanent thing. It always felt like mixed signals. It was kind of implied by certain people that he decided to retire, though he has pretty adamantly denied that. Uh, so, you know, maybe if it goes good enough, we'll see. I can't imagine they can... Because it's, I know the Xfinity series always has like that guest commentator, but I feel like it's a lot easier to do because they're just guys that are already at the track. Right. So I, I don't know how long Fo if, if Fox will continue to plan for this rotating cycle. But I, if I had to guess, I given how good Talladega went, be there, but. if I had to guess, given how Talladega went this past week, I think Dale Jr. might up in the booth for the Daytona 500 next year. I mean, that would be huge, absolutely huge. I think I think uh, that'd be great. And it would be I, you know, anytime Junior, if Junior was in the booth for all thirty-six races, now that, that he would enjoy doing that, but that would be great for the sport. Anytime Junior is there is good for the sport. Period. It does not really matter what he's doing. So the only other piece of news, and you know, relatively small, but we did get an announcement. Speaking of Junior from JR Motorsports that Chase Elliott, Kyle Larson, and William Byron will be running five select races. They don't make a lot of sense to me, the races they're running. But I don't get them either. There are a lot of other tracks I feel like would make more sense. Unless they're... I mean, they even if they're trophy hunting, you know, it just feels... There are other tracks I feel like that would be the better decisions, but... And a lot of rumors, too, that Alex Bowman... All those ones were sponsored by uh, Hendrick Cars. And also some rumors that Ally, who I believe has recently become an actual junior sponsor, uh, will also be putting Alex Bo helping put Alex Bowman in that car. Was Nashville one of the races for the, the three other guys? It was not. I, I bet that's going to be one for Bowman. That yeah, makes that was, sense. That was a common one, common one I've seen. And see, and that's yeah. a track that makes sense to me. These guys don't have a lot of experience there. It's not no. like it was a, I mean, it was an Xfinity track, but long before any of these guys were racing in right. Xfinity. But instead they go Darlington twice, New Hampshire, Texas, and Watkins Glen. So I don't know what the deal is, why those races, but... I, I don't get it. Maybe it has to do with the sponsorship. You know, just of Hendrick cars. Are, Hendrick, are those yeah, pubs for Hendrick dealerships? Maybe. I don't know. I know there's none around here, so never mind. There's none in freaking New Hampshire that I know of, so I do not get that one at all. Other than the fact William Byron, you know, 
I'd have to look at his stats. Maybe he needs some practice at New Hampshire. I know he won a truck race there when he was driving for uh, Kyle Busch, but... Well, I, I don't think that Larson needs practice at Watkins or Glen or Darlington. Hasn't <laughs> won, won a cup race at Darlington, but is... He's come he's close. Up there with, he's up there with Homestead and the tracks he should have a win at, and same thing with Chase at Darlington. Also has not won one there yet, but it's been in contention a lot there, so... Does I mean, have one Xfinity win there, though. Does, does, has a great Xfinity win, then. That's one of the best. One of his best wins, probably in his entire Larson, NASCAR career. Larson won a truck race at Darlington, or am I crazy? No, he he won a truck race at Rockingham. Rockingham. Oh, that's what it was. That's yeah. what it was. Yeah, same idea. Old, old old NASCAR track. Old rough surface, hard to drive. Got to get up on the wheel. That was that was a good one. Had to hold off Joey Logano, so he he really. Went up there, and you know, that was his first NASCAR win, so that really got a lot of eyes on him, I think, at that point in his career, very, very early on then. But we'll see what happens with those you know, Xfinity races. It wouldn't shock me if they ended up going 5 for 5. Junior Motorsports very good this year, and Chase is obviously leading the points. Larson's shown a lot of speed, and William Byron is in the middle of what so far has been a career year. Not going to shock me one bit if we're hearing a lot of people complain about Cup guys running in the Xfinity series here in the coming months, just with those guys possibly picking them up and laying them down. The fan base has always been pretty biased in that regards. Uh, I do not foresee there being a vocal group complaining about a junior car winning. That's that's fair. (laughs) Just being honest. That's that's very fair. I I will give you that. You're probably right. I don't think anybody's going to be complaining. Something people might be complaining about is if Ty Gibbs goes to victory lane this week in the Xfinity race at Dover. Yet again, he is the favorite. No surprise here, I would say. No, I mean, people will complain about Ty Gibbs if he does anything other than wreck at this point. Can't say I blame them, necessarily. But, I mean, him being the favorite, basically anywhere, it makes sense. Uh, It's not like a lot of these guys... It's not like the Cup Series, right, where there are... Long histories of odds being baked in, drivers having good at the track. Outside of Allgaier, none of the real contenders have been in the series for more than three years. I think that's that's the longest. I mean, Brandon Jones has been, but he's he also been... forget those first down. couple of years when he was floundering yeah, around with yeah. RCR. Finishing 18th in RCR equipment. Um, I mean, Ty Gibbs being, being that high, definitely good. But right behind him, Noah Gregson and Justin Allgaier. And I think this, and I'll just go out and, and you know, it's, it flies in the face of my usual pick. But I mean, right now, straight up, my pick to win the race is Justin Allgaier. He's been phenomenal here. And like I said, I don't, Gibbs only has one start here. He got a top five, but it's only one start. He finished fifth. But Justin Allgaier, six, the last six starts, he has an average finish of third. One win, five top fives, six top tens. And JRM's had a lot of speed, so I'm picking Allgaier to win it. I like the Allgaier pick. Plus 550. Pretty good odds for somebody who has the track record he does here at Dover. I really think... I hate picking the favorites, (laughs) at least when it comes to betting. But, you know, last week I, I had that gut feeling that, you know, this was Noah Gregson's race at Talladega. I'm just kind of getting that from Ty Gibbs right now, and I'm going to remember to bet it right now so I actually win money when he does win. 
Unlike last week. <laughs> if, if you're betting right now, everyone listening should definitely go bet against him. Yeah, my, my track the record has not been good lately, the, but we, we're going to go he, bet Ty Gibbs. <laughs> the one time he makes the, the play that he means to make is going to definitely be the time it does not work out. He'll probably end up backwards in the fence on lap 32 after he runs into some oil laid down by David Starr. Now, if that happens... I'm a genius, even though I lost some money there. <laughs> but I'm going to go with Ty Gibbs. I, again, just a gut feeling. Outside of Allgaier, who I just, he feels like he's been snake-bitten for the last year now. You'd expect that to finally stop. Yeah. I, I just don't know when it's going to stop, and I don't feel like it's going to be at Dover. Hopefully, for his sake, it is. After that, though, Noah Gregson, I think you were saying it. Uh, before we went on, not really one of his best tracks. I know he's having a really good start to the season as well, but when you look at his stats, they're just not there to make you think, oh, he's definitely a favorite going into this race outside of, you know, just how well he's run, I guess, so far this year. Yeah, he has three top tens, which is fine, but also has a finish of 15th and 19th, and I'm not going to try to pretend that I know exactly what happened in those races, because I certainly do not. But one top five, I mean, he's been so strong this year. I don't think you, betting on him is a waste of money. Uh, but this has certainly not been one of his stronger tracks just in terms of getting the finish he needs. Uh, has only led 38 laps here in those five races. So not, uh, not a lot what I expect. One guy, and I, he's not a dark horse, certainly, but came pretty close to winning this race last year. Uh, Josh Berry as well. I mean, it's just it's usual, right? It's Ty Gibbs and the the JRM guys, and of course, I mean Allgaier or Almendinger. I mean, only ran one race here, but did finish, or at least in the last six races, did finish uh, fourth. Sam Mayer, we don't. He didn't get to run this race last year, so we don't necessarily have an idea in terms of how he'll perform. Uh, but I would expect him to be fine. I mean, Bristol, he's really good at. There's some similarities between the two, and Jerem's had a lot of speed, so I think any of those guys. John Hunter, you know, he almost won Richmond, and I promise you, if Ty Gibbs is in his way this time, I don't know that Ty Gibbs is finishing the race. John Hunter may never get another start in Xfinity after that, but I don't, I don't, I don't think he'll complain all that much, to be honest. I will say it's probably a little bit harder to get to someone's bumper here at Dover than Richmond, so... That's definitely true. That's definitely true. Be a little bit more difficult of a move to pull off, but... Yeah, I, I think John Hunter owes Ty Gibbs one. I think everybody would say that, and... It'd be kind of funny if he did it, given that they are teammates, and you know, this weekend they actually are. He is in the 18 car. I, I don't know. I just don't feel like we're going to see... John Hunter and Ty Gibbs together because Ty Gibbs is going to crash on lap 32 after he gets an oil because I placed a bet on him. <laughs> but again, it just, it feels like going into this race, Ty Gibbs, I don't know why another, just like I said, gut feeling. I think he's really going to run well. Well, we'll see what I mean, happens. He's going to run well. It's been pretty consistent. Oh, that's, yeah, that's, I guess that he runs well. Yeah. I, I mean, like I, my gut tells me this is going to be, a dominating race from him. I don't know why. Just a gut feeling. Don't be surprised if he gets the pole. Don't be surprised if he leads like a hundred and fifty of the two hundred laps. It just 
it feels like it's going to be one of those races, at least from my point of view. But we'll see. You know, still a couple days out. Who knows what could happen when they get to the track? And, you know, maybe he'll have a bad qualifying run. Maybe he'll just not get a handle of the car. You know, don't know these things until race day. But right now, Ty Gibbs is my favorite. In terms of dark horses for me, no one really jumping out. Big, yeah, big difference between Talladega and Dover when it comes to picks like that. Yeah, I don't really love anyone here. Um, I will say, to me at least, Ryan Ellis being plus 30,000 while J.J. Ely is plus 10,000 is uh, pretty hysterical. Not even necessarily uh, Ryan Ellis, or sorry, not 3, 30 and 10. Yeah. Uh, not necessarily Ryan Ellis being 30,000, but J.J. Ely being just plus 10,000 is uh, pretty pretty crazy to me. Uh, one guy, he hasn't necessarily run super great, but he's gotten good finishes. He only has two starts here with finishes inside the top 15, but Anthony Alfredo at plus 7,500. I don't hate it. He's currently sitting, I believe, 13th in, in playoff standings. And he certainly has not necessarily throughout the race ran better than his teammates, uh, Jeb Burton and Brett Moffat, but has certainly done a much better job of getting the finish out of the car than them. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, he has better paying odds than either of them. And of the guys around him, I mean, I, I feel like his odds are the best, so I'd probably go with him. Ryan Sieg is another one to maybe take a look at. It's kind of a middling track for... Him only two top tens in six races, but his last race out he did get a top ten, but also doesn't have any finishes worse than eighteenth. And throughout that time, this car certainly wasn't always performing to the level that it performs now. So he he's another guy you can maybe take a look at. But if I had to pick a dark horse, which I feel like at some point we should establish effectively what odd levels are dark horse for the most part. I but, there's, there's a difference between a dark horse and a long shot. I'd say yeah, Alfredo's more well, of a long shot. Sure, but I mean, even in this, like, I don't know, is Austin Hill at plus 1,700 a dark horse? That's a good point. I'd say there's good value there, but Austin Hill's shown the, a decent amount of speed. The other closest one, I guess, in those odds also, and it's hard to say because he didn't, I don't think he's ran this car at a normal track anyway, but Chandler Smith at plus 3,500 in the, uh, the 26. Yeah, this is only his second start, so he, yeah, he last has one, Last one yeah. was at Dega, so yeah. hard, hard to say. That'd be someone I'd, obviously, if he doesn't good enough practice in qualifying, his odds will shoot up, but that's someone I would keep an eye on there, see what he does there to uh, to make that decision, but I guess officially, officially, you know, I'll just go with Ryan Sieg. I, I'm rooting, for, I'm gonna, at some point this year, I'm gonna will a Ryan Sieg victory into existence and a Sam Mayer victory into existence. They will definitely be on weeks I don't pick them. So Sam Mayer's going to win this week. So Sam Mayer very likely win this week. Um, But it's going to happen. It is going to happen. I'm looking at the odds here. I think if I had to pick somebody further in the field in terms for, you know, betting, Brett Moffitt does have a top 10 here with our motorsports. That's kind of the guy I'm looking at right now. Probably would go with him again. Not not something I think is going to happen, but just for the sake of putting my name on somebody, I'll go with Moffitt. You're 100% right in terms of, you know, having issues. Alfredo's probably, you know, gotten the better results. 
I feel like Moffat is just everything that's gone wrong for him this year has. That's why he's so deep in the points. He's no, not even definitely, close. Definitely true. Yeah. Definitely true. Like, he's he's not even close to challenging for a playoff spot. Well, I didn't think he was going to get in. I thought he'd probably be more... I expected like him Alfredo to be the, is. The, yeah. the top our motorsports guy at the at the bare minimum, like him and Jeb ride on each other. Mm-hmm. And that is just not, at least in terms of points, not been the case. Yeah, so I'd probably go with Moffitt just because he, he does have a good finish here with our, our motorsports. Was back in 2020, but still, at least he has something there. Uh, speaking of Jeb and Alfredo, just <laughs> looking at the featured matchups, uh, they're they're the first ones. They're going head-to-head there. Jeb Burton, minus 130, and Anthony Alfredo at even money, plus 100. I don't know about you, but I, I kind of like Alfredo in this just because he has gotten the best results out of all three of those guys, and even money's even money. So I agree. I'll, I'll take the pasta, man. I'll definitely, <laughs> I agree with that one there. I will, I will take Anthony Alfredo. I guess, guess that means you're going with Alfredo, too, on that one? Yeah. Well, the next one is Justin Allgaier and Noah Gregson, so I don't, I don't need to ask you yours because you know our rule. Yes, yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so another another boring one there because I'm with you on all Geyer. The, the stats just back him. Gregson Dover doesn't seem like it's his, you know, track, at least not yet. Maybe he could prove us wrong. But I think Justin Allgaier, both of these guys coming at one fifteen, minus one fifteen on this matchup. You know, I mean, I, like I, I said, I there. would not be surprised if, if Noah runs good. He's ran good basically everywhere this year, but just historically with with how they performed. And it's not like Algar's ran bad, just Noah's ran that good, but this has been a very, very, very good track for Justin Algar. So Yeah. I'll I'll go Algar there as well. And then in the last featured matchup, I don't really have much of a say because it's Ty Gibbs and John Hunter Nemechek, so give me Ty Gibbs at minus one forty. I'm also gonna take Ty Gibbs. Wow, we are very boring this week. <laughs> Any <laughs> if you had to pick one, one that was gonna be your go to Go to bet this weekend. You had to put money on which one would it be. So just excluding the fact that uh, Ty Gibbs is my pick to win the race. Yeah, you know he doesn't have to be your favorite. You know, I you could still, you could think that Ty Gibbs is the favorite to win the race, and still think John Hunter is going to finish second. That would probably make that not your favorite lineup you wanted to go I, with. Right now, again, just going with my gut. If I listened to it last week, I wouldn't have lost as much money as I did. I'll take Justin Allgaier over Noah Gregson. Dover's. Arguably his best track in this series, so I'll, I think that's the one that I have circled. So you picked the guy that I picked to win, mm-hmm. and I'm going to pick the guy that you picked to win. I'm going to say my matchup here will be Ty Gibbs over okay. John Hunter. Yeah, I will say at least with the All Guyer one, there's better value there, but that's that's for sure. But yeah, I you can't can't go wrong with either one of those in my eyes. I mean. Pretty much straight same down on the board, so we're uh at least for the Xfinity series, we're on the same boat this week. Um Fantasy. I know you were already making the teams. What do you got so far for the yeah, Xfinity so race? I have the two guys I think will be the dominating cars this weekend. I have Justin Algar and Ty Gibbs together on the team. Mm-hmm. That already is gonna take my my available cap pretty low. But I went even bigger with the guy that had one of the best cars last year as well, Josh Berry. Added him on the team at uh, 
10,300 for Justin Allgaier, 11,400 for Ty Gibbs, and 10,100 for Josh Berry. So does not leave a lot of room. I went with what I would say is probably a Bernie Breakdown favorite with Ryan Ellis. Didn't get a good finish last week, but that was uh, due to being caught up in someone else's accident. But at 5,800, and when you look at the average points that he's gotten, the next guy that has more average points than him, you have to go uh, all the way up to, right now, John Hunter, actually. Uh, so, obviously, he's ran fewer races. And there are some guys that are close. Alfredo's actually averaging uh, 38.1 fantasy points. But just in terms of the people right around him, no one's even close to the output that Ryan Ellis has got. Does not qualify particularly well, which certainly helps on race day, as long as he's in the race. Which, this weekend, I believe there is one uh, one car going home in the Xfinity Series. Yeah, there are 39 drivers for 38 spots. And uh, just to be blunt, the person going home is very likely Natalie Decker. I, I don't think she's in the car anymore. Oh, did they replace her? They haven't. I, I think there was that point switch. I think it's Chad Fincham now. They uh, okay. They, the entry list still shows Decker. I I have to check that because I know I saw something with possibly. But let Fincham me see. So DraftKings right. usually pretty up. That sounds. Yeah, no, it's uh, Fincham. Fincham in the thirteen. DraftKings shows Fincham. So, so I expect. With only one car going home, I still expect Ryan Ellis to be able to make it. So, mm-hmm. I would uh, I would hope so because I'm with you. He's uh, definitely somebody that I do like on these fantasy teams when he makes the show. Pretty good at keeping the car clean. Could just methodically get his way through the field, and that's gonna give you a lot of good points. Comes race day, throwing mm-hmm. one together myself. Uh, I I also have Ryan Ellis because I I went similarly to you or you didn't even finish your team did you No I I did not I did not you know, let's let's have you wrap that up first I'm getting uh, ahead the, of myself the, the the two other ones I have at uh, sixty two hundred I have uh, Retzlov in his two races he got to finish brought home a tenth and a twelfth driving uh, the seed cars uh, had a fuel pump issue finished thirty eighth at Phoenix but. Outside of those two, has brought him solid performance, and even if he qualifies good, if he finishes up anywhere near there, which we know is possible, I mean, Ryan Sieg's running up there basically every race at this point. So I would, uh, I think Retzlov's like a lot of good value there. And this last one, there's a lot of people that are pretty close, and I, I went up, I went, wound up going with for uh, 5,500 with uh, Raja Karuth driving another Alpha Prime car, which have had some good speed here and. Got a top five in one of his first starts in the Canon E series last year at Dover. So he was uh, he's the the last guy I went with. At the end of the day, there are some other guys around there that I might switch to if uh, depending how qualifying goes. Uh, I have sixty two hundred left, so even after without Raja, so even after getting at Raja, I have another seven hundred. So can squeeze out a little bit more. Maybe move some people around, pick up like a J.G. Yaley at 6,400 or a Kaz Grala at 66. But for now, I have Raja on the team. So I know our teams are similar. 
not exact, but similar. And I think you had some ideas that you were thinking of that I ultimately did put on my team. Uh, as I already said, have Ryan Ellis on there at 5,800. Pretty good pick. We already touched on it. The points are there. He's able to get through the field after you know not qualifying well. Definitely works out when you're making a fantasy team. Also went with Allgaier and Ty Gibbs. Very good chance. I feel like those guys are going to be up near the front in top five, maybe even running one and two most of the race on Saturday. Instead of going with Josh Berry, I went with Sam Mayer. Pretty good on the concrete tracks. Does have that truck win at Bristol. Feel like he's probably won here in the, the Arca East series. Have to double check that, but it, it wouldn't shock me if he has a win here at Dover. At the very least, he's run good there in that series. So it's it's a track in limited starts. I feel like he's gotten some good runs. He Again, did win it on, over. He did win it over. Yeah. All right. Good. <laughs> good. <laughs> so, you know, I just think it is uh, a track. Well, I don't think he's going to win this coming weekend. I think he could probably get you a good fantasy day. Rounding out the team, I also went with Parker Retzlav. Uh, he's been pretty impressive qualifying, and when his car is held up, he's, he's looked good in race as well in the limited starts he's made. I also went with Kaz Grala. Um, solid driver. I think that team is good. Jade Buford, when he's been in the car uh, before he was relieved of duties last week and then this week, He's shown speed. His problem's been finishing races. It's not that, always that, his fault, but I think that's that, out of the, the, the question I do have about the team was why I didn't try super hard to put Kaz on the team. Uh, I will very likely have him on teams. So I agree. I do think that that team has shown enough speed that I believe that they do have speed. I believe Kaz will be able to get the speed out of the car. Uh, Sam Mayer also has a start, by the way, at Dover in the Truck Series. Finished 15th. That was just his fourth career start. Yeah, which not in, not great, but I guess since it is his fourth start, you know, still yeah, was, very young. Was, yeah, very young at that point. Uh, mm-hmm. Still seven. Actually, that point, 16. he was sixteen yeah. at that point. So yeah. So I think I think the Sam Mayer pick. I think that's somebody you probably want to at least look at. It's really hard to squeeze three guys in there. I'm I'm surprised that you know there is quality people on the low end of the budget where you could do that still because still he, he truly starts failing me in his performances. Ryan Ellis will be a lifesaver in a lot of these. Yeah, I, I would agree. Hopefully he could keep it up <laughs> because he, uh, he really is saving a lot of teams. I feel like, and that as usual, you know, qualifying is important. So if there's a guy that, you know, fails tech a couple of times, doesn't get to qualify and has to start at the back of the pack. Always a, a guy that becomes a prime, mm-hmm. prime spot for putting him on your team. Yeah, I I would agree with that as well. Moving on to the Cup Series now. Dover last year, obviously, one, two, three, four Hendrick Motorsports finish. Uh, something that I believe that was the first time they'd ever done it. Yeah, it's only, I think, the fifth or sixth, fourth or fifth time. I think fifth. It's even happened in the sport. They were only the fourth different team, I believe, to do it. And it was their, yeah, their first time doing it. Came very, very close the next weekend to, uh, to going back-to-back. I think, they, I think they had all four in the top five at, at the 600. And, I think you're uh, right. I think, they've, I think Kyle Bowman I think, finished third or something. Yeah, I can't, I can't remember if it was Bowman or Byron who was fifth, but 
damn Kyle Busch, man, just ruining all the fun. That being said, not a surprise to see Hendrick uh, 1, 2, 3, 4 in the odds listing for the race on Sunday. Kyle Larson plus 450, the favorite. Bit of a drop-off to William Byron and Chase Elliott at plus 900, and the defending race winner, Alex Bowman, at plus 1,000. Hendrick, obviously, they've been great this year. They already have four wins. Chase Elliott, despite not having a win, leading the points. Maybe maybe Bowman, you can make the argument, should be a little bit higher, but I, I don't have a problem with these guys being one through four in terms of uh, the betting favorites for this you know, I mean, I think based on... When, especially when you combine driver's history at the track with their performance this year, I think without a doubt them for being the four favorites at Dover makes a ton of sense. Uh, historically, there are some guys that have probably been just as good, if not better, over the last six races, we'll say. I feel like anything past that is when you really start getting into what feel like different eras at this point. Mm-hmm. Uh, but... Harvick has the last six races the best average finish at the track, but he also has uh, been off the last couple of years. Finished finished sixth last year, but I mean I think it's without goes without saying that last year he showed quite a bit more speed than he's shown so far this year. Uh, especially, especially at the end of the year, but, well, especially at the end of the year, but also compared to his teammates. So another guy that's obvious. The other two guys that have been really good here. Uh, Truex and Denny, I don't think we need to talk all that much about the struggles they've been having. And while De- or Truex particularly still has some speed, and I think it makes sense that he's fifth, I would not bet on Denny at, at tied with Truex at odds at 8.50. I don't hate Truex at plus 8.50. Um, I would probably want to see what qualifying looks like a little bit. Uh, but I mean, what we haven't really. What are you got... seeing, Truex at plus 8.50? Because I got him at plus oh, 1200. Sorry, I meant that. Sorry, that's the drivers to win the poll. Oh, they have polls again? Yeah, I don't even see the poll again. on here. Oh, yeah, yeah, it's at the tail end. Yeah, I don't know why that was clicked on us. So. <laughs> Truex, though, being sixth, I mean, it makes it makes sense. Ryan Blaney, Ryan Blaney, I would probably also avoid Ryan Blaney. This also, at least in the last six races, not been a good track for him. Um, not the kind of place I expect him to get to that breakthrough win for the season. Uh, hasn't been bad, has five finishes inside the top 15, but zero in the last six races, but zero finishes inside the, or sorry, this is actually in the last, no, this is the last six, uh, but zero finishes inside the last, uh, or inside the top 10 in the last six races as well. Uh, even going back to the last 10 races, only one finish inside the top 10. So even though he's ran good, I don't think he's shown enough speed this year in terms of dominating races to make me super confident at him at plus 1200. Like I said, Truex is almost like the opposite side of that coin. Truex has been very good. Uh, same thing with like Harvick and, and Denny all at plus 1,200. A lot of five guys at plus 1,200 today for this weekend. Ryan Blaney, Martin Truex, Joey Logano, Kevin Harvick, and Denny Hamlin. But like Ryan Blaney, and then like honestly, at least Truex, Hamlin, and, and Harvick, like almost opposite sides of the coin. Uh, Ryan Blaney, a lot of speed this year, but historically not a great track for him. Harvick, Kai, or Harvick, Denny, and Truex, uh, not that much speed this year. Obviously, some have had some more speed than others, uh, but historically, very good tracks for them. But the 400 guys at the top, I think that makes the most sense. When you look at it, when you look at at their performances here lately, uh, Larson obviously only ran four of the last six races as he missed two. 
but has three straight top three finishes. Alex Bowman is currently sitting at uh, four top five finishes in the last five races. Chase Elliott is sitting at uh, four top five finishes in the last six races. Uh, and two of those, one of them, he was involved in that crash at the second race last year in 2000 and then had a mechanical failure pretty early on, an engine failure on lap eight at the uh, playoff race in 2019, but had a lot of speed there. And even those eight laps had moved up a good bit before the engine blew. And even William Byron sitting here currently has two straight fourth place finishes. So I... I think without a doubt, a hundred guys is the favorite. Whether or not they win, I don't know. This year's been crazy, but my pick right now, ignoring the odds, I think I think it Chase breaks through this weekend. I I like Chase. I think I'm leaning towards him, but another gut. Pick. I don't know why. I think it's going to be one of those four guys. But I think Alex Bowman's going to freaking win, man. That that <laughs> that's my number two. That's that's honestly my number two. Uh, he's been pretty strong here, like I said. Uh, factoring in the odds, like he's only plus one hundred one hundred more than Chase, but he is does have the the best paying odds of the four. I don't, in my opinion. Larson is not good enough here compared to his competitors, Hendrick anyway, to warrant being as higher, having a much higher or worse, however you want to look at it, lower paying odds than his Hendrick teammates. Uh, had a very good car last year, but honestly, like Byron was pretty solidly, I feel like, the fourth of them. Larson, Chase, and Bowman, no one could pass for the lead last year. Hopefully that's different this year. And... Ultimately, whoever won that race off pit road was going to win the race, and Bowman's <laughs> crew got him. It, but they were all—all all three of them were right on top of each other through a good majority of the race. So I definitely am not surprised Larson's a favorite. Just it is a bit surprising him being out that far ahead. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. Plus plus four fifty. That that seems too high for me as well. Like or low. You know, people yell at us all the time. We say, "Oh, you're saying it wrong." Well, we we know what we're talking about there. Plus four fifty to me, it just I'm it just, doesn't seem right. I've just switched to lower paying. Yeah, <laughs> I personally, if, if I'm making the odds for this, Kyle Larson being the favorite, sure, but I don't have him there. I, mean, I, I probably have like plus six hundred. This feels yeah. still like a hangover from last year. Like he has shown, he's had speed this year. Has had certainly less speed than last year, but I think that's to be expected. But the, those are the kinds of odds I would expect him to have last year, even at a track like this. But this year, where they've again been fast, but certainly not the fastest, and uh, where their teammates have ran, his teammates have ran so good as well, I think uh, I think there's a good chance you you wouldn't win a ton of money if Larson won, but you could slap down a hundred on each of them, and there's a I feel pretty confidently you'd have a very good chance of walking away with money this weekend. It's NASCAR though, so you never know. They could all finish outside the top ten. It wouldn't wouldn't be the craziest thing that ever happened. No, especially with the new car. I, I think a lot of people are looking towards that. Dover it's, This was one of the races from pretty early on that I was the most interested in. Because it's not like it's Dover used to be great before 
we ended up with what the packages we had towards the end, but it was certainly better uh, back in the 2000s, and it's been a while. And I mean, it, the biggest issue has just kind of been for a lot of times, like, it was just really hard to pass. And I don't know that that'll change a ton, but it's also the first time we've been to a track quite like, like, this is Martinsville, or not Martinsville, sorry. This in Bristol, similar, different, but similar. And we didn't get to go to regular Bristol, we went to dirt Bristol, so. It'll be interesting to see how it handles this kind of track. Yeah, Dover, to me anyways, it's it's one of the tracks that got negatively affected, prob- probably the most across the board, actually, with the COT. Like The racing was just never the same there, and they, they've had good races since then, but it's it's probably been very for sure. yeah. It's it's and far I, and few between, in my opinion, in terms of that. Like the last really good race that I remember at Dover, you have to go back at this point. I I think it was like Chase's rookie year. I think you got to go back to 2016. At least that's the last one that I remember, and that involved that great battle with him, Larson, and Matt Kenseth for the race win. Yeah, like I, I remember some great battles to the end. There was one between this one exactly at the end, but. There was that battle between Montoya and Tony at one point. And, and that was 2013, though. Yeah, like, that's yeah, no, 10 years ago. So It was, it was a while ago. Uh, the race is set, at least the race at the end, the Chase's win in... 18. What was that, 18? Yeah. That was a pretty good finish at the end. Obviously, someone like Almirola kind of got a little, little screwed there, but... You know, it's it, it can produce some okay racing at times, but it's def- definitely inconsistent. But speaking of Eric Almirola at plus 10,000, we're talking Dark Horse and Longshot, but I think I think he's my pick for this one. They've, for the Dark Horse pick? For the Dark Horse, yeah. Mm-hmm. They've had some, obviously the odds really good, really good payout, and they've had some good speed. I don't want to... I'll I'll save what I was gonna say next till after you make yours. Yeah, like uh, Amarola at plus ten thousand. That's pretty crazy. Just going over, like when I think of concrete tracks, uh, you know, Ricky Stenhouse Jr. is somebody that comes to mind. But they, if they could get the car off the hauler, that's a successful weekend at this point. It's it's been awful. Just everything that's gone wrong has. I I don't see him being worth it even as a long shot pick like that. If if I'm going a little deeper, I'm not going to go as far or as oh, deep Ricky as you. Top Fifteen is a, is a victory. Him, him finishing with the car in one piece, they might want to celebrate. It's been yeah, that bad. I feel like I feel bad. I feel bad. <laughs> it's it's one of those arguably like one of the worst starts, if not the worst start to the season I've seen from you know any team really like i know they're not like a hendrick motorsports obviously but they you still like that's the thing right like if they were just slow it'd be a different story but i mean at one point last year they went through a similar stretch not stenhouse but with priest that team went through a stretch so it was the the really bad one i think was back in 2020 oh you know what i think you're right yeah right that 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 year, was, the middle of that like season, he was crashing out. Finishes that were like it was bad, eighth or worst. It was, but just going going through the list, there's there's not really somebody that really jumps out to me. I guess maybe two people, 
Christopher Bell at plus 2,500 with the speed they've shown, that's not bad. And similarly, Austin Dillon, while he hasn't shown race-winning speed, he's up there in the top five, top ten, it seems like, sniffing around there when the car doesn't break. Dover's one of those tracks where sometimes at the end of the race, things can get a little weird. So Austin Dillon at plus 5,000, that's probably my dark horse pick of the week there. Dillon? Yeah, Austin Dillon. Okay. Go with him. We'll roll with we'll roll All with right. three. Heading over to our featured matchups now. First one, I mean, I again uh, don't need to ask you, but first one is William Byron against Alex Bowman. Yeah, give me give me Bowman. And even if I didn't pick Bowman to win the race, yeah, I mean Bowman's going to be my yeah, pick. It, he's it's 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 yeah, close. And track Byron's track. been real good this year, so I'm not going to be shocked if Byron wins. But it's just but this is. Been a very good track for Bowman, certainly better than Byron. Although, like I said, Byron's been close. Uh, but I think Bowman is going to be very, very stout this weekend. All right, both uh, both on the the Bowman train for that next, one. And I, you know, with the odds, I feel like there's a good chance we're on the same turn here. Uh, Chase Elliott and Tyler Reddick. Yeah, I, the Hendrick cars, man, they're they're really strong. I'm looking at Tyler Reddick at plus 135. I really, really want to go with him. But I, it's not going to shock me when, you know, Hendrick has all their cars in the top 10. And I think it shocked me a little bit if they finish one through four again. But That would be pretty shocking. It's very hard to do as evidence yes. by them literally having never done it before. Yeah, um, I'll, I'll still take Chase Elliott, even though he's plus 165. I, I think it's going to be a really strong weekend for the Hendrick cars. Minus 165. Yeah, minus 165, yes. Uh, all right. Truex. I'm assuming Harvick. you're taking Chase as well, then? Yeah, yeah. Sorry, I'm taking yeah, Chase. Yeah. I picked Chase right. to win. I don't, oh, yeah. I don't have, at that point, I lose my right to have a say. Even at the right. odds, I'm going to... You almost... It has to be something crazy, I feel like. For going, going down with the ship there. Me to, me to let you, or you, for me and myself, to pick against my race-winning pick. It'd have to be some pretty, really... Pretty, pretty good odds, but all right. Next one, Truex and Harvick. I I don't even think it's close. Harvick at even money like normally would be like yes, totally. But Truex has at least showed me some speed on occasion this year. I don't really think Kevin Harvick has. So give me Martin Truex at uh, minus one thirty. I am going Harvick here. It was close. I probably like Truex a little bit more, ignoring the odds, but. Even money for Harvick, I'm gonna I'm gonna take that. Like I said, it's close. And last one, Kyle Larson, Ross Chastain. Yeah, similar boat as the Chase Elliott Tyler Reddick matchup here. Minus one seventy, not a lot of value. But given how Hendricks been, given how they were here last year, I I don't really know. Ross, how he's going to fare at Dover. Did run good at Nashville, I guess. Concrete track, <laughs> nothing similar to Dover. But Kyle yeah. Larson also won that race last year. So, finished 15th uh, in his only start that you can really put any weight into. Yeah, I, I still think, even though that would have been in a Ganassi car, obviously Trackhouse running better than Ganassi really did last year. I, I'm going with Kyle Larson, minus 170 again. Yeah. Not a lot of value, but that's, that's my pick. Yeah, I also went with Larson. It's it's tough at a track like this where the Hendrick cars have all been so good. We're very, very good last year. Even the year before when 
other than Chase, they were all kind of lacking at speeds at other points. They still all ran pretty good here. Uh, I mean, Jimmy, I know, I think it was a pit strategy call that got him super close, but was running top 10 back in, I think, the second race in 2020 <laughs> and finished in the top five. And I think, I think Bowman and Byron also finished in the top five. Chase, I believe, had an issue, and he did not. But they're all just been so good. It's just hard to go against them. So. Yeah, it really is. Flipping over to the fantasy side, I, as usual, already have a team together. Uh, I am I'm probably going to... Yeah, I'm going to change it already. I've already changed my mind and have decided uh, to make a swap here, which is good because I did not like that pick. Okay. So my two guys, I think not so, but very unsurprisingly, my two big dollar spenders, Alex Bowman, Chase Elliott, yeah. uh, Chase Elliott at 11,300, Alex Bowman at 10,100. Uh, my next guy, and I think just because at this point, his value here is ri- ridiculous, is Ross Chastain at 8,600. Uh, obviously some unknown here, but I mean, that's kind of par for the course, and he just performs every week, so... Was was running pretty good at even Dirt Bristol before his issues. So I think another guy that's obviously serviceable here too is is Tyler Reddick at eighty eight hundred. Not on my team, but pretty pretty much similar value. But I think Ross is in, de- in without a doubt finished better, and that you know plays the largest part really of of the uh, fantasy points. So still going with Ross here. Now my three guys. I have three guys. All at the lower end, uh, Eric Jones at 6,800. Fought his way back to being, I think, now that second crowd of playoff contention. Certainly doesn't always get the finish, they've, but they've ran really solid. Uh, has collected 31 points on average, which is only five and a half past Bowman. Uh, they usually get the finish up there. So at, at 6,800, I have him. At 6,600, I have who is my long shot, Eric Almarola. Uh, already four top tens on the year, having a much better start to last year. And I think this last guy initially seems shocking, I feel. But Cole Custer at 6,100. Full disclosure, I almost picked Cole Custer to be on my long shot pick. But the same value I had to go with Eric Amarola. Cole <laughs> Custer in the last six races, now obviously he's only ran three of these races. But in the last six races, he has the six best average finish at Dover. He has uh, two tenths and, then, and an eleventh. Uh, they certainly need a track, need a finish that is going to get their season back on track. And, I mean, based on his history, if it's not here, it's nowhere. So I think they this is a track they have to go out, get a good finish. It is the only track that he has multiple top tens in the cup series. And I think the value is there. Not very often you're going to really get to play Cole Custer and not feel pretty bad about it, to be honest. And uh, I feel decent with this. So this is, this is my team right now. That's uh that's, I mean, I think if you want to win with fantasy picks, you got to find that guy. So if you have the stats to back up the Cole Pus- the Cole Custer pick, then by all means you gotta you gotta go with it. Uh, as for my team right now, uh, the one I'm working with, 
going with Alex Bowman and Kyle Larson. Those are you know the two bell cows basically that we got out front here. As I mentioned before, Bowman at uh, ten thousand one hundred, Kyle Larson at eleven thousand eight hundred. After that, you know, trying to find somebody to because you already have two guys really high up there. I also went with Eric Jones, sixty eight hundred been pretty solid this year coming off of another really good run at talladega he's run good at the concrete tracks in the past before i think he's a pretty solid pick at the price uh, to keep the salary down as well i went with kind of a stuart haas car at least for this week and that's ryan priest at 5700 he's driving for rick Ware racing but by everything that's been floated out there it's it's going to be a stuart haas prep car with him in it i'd yeah, expect that would- yeah, yeah I, I was gonna I, say, he was he was on the list of, of guys and ultimately I didn't need to have him just because I had enough money with the change. Mm-hmm. Uh, certainly one guy I would look at qual- or practice for. Uh, he should obviously, you know, I don't expect him to practice in the top 10, but he should be able to put up practice speeds top 20 to 25. I, well, I feel like certainly well ahead of where the Rick Ware cars usually are, and that'll give us a good indication of how much Stuart? Because I agree, all, by all reports, it's effectively a Stuart Haas mm-hmm. car. So I, I will say, even if he is not doing good in practice and qualifying, he's going to stay on this team because the low salary there also allowed me to get Kyle Busch on it at ninety one hundred. You know, Kyle's been the best Toyota. We say it every week. He's he's been pretty solid this year. Dover, you know, I guess every track Kyle Busch is really good at when you look at his stats. But Dover is another one of his pretty solid tracks. 9100 I think he's a pretty good piece, you know, coming off of last, you know, a couple of solid weeks, obviously winning dirt, but still having a top five finish at Talladega. I, I think you could probably see another top five run out of Kyle. He, he might be the guy, like he did in the 600 last year, that breaks up that Hendrick stranglehold up near the front. Uh, for my last driver, doing some digging around, trying to find that last piece to fill it out, I actually went with Chris Buescher. Uh, He's had a lot of success at Dover, which is probably, as we've already said, uh, the track you could get the most similarities uh, between uh, Dover and Bristol. Uh, yeah, I mean, Bristol, yeah. He's had, yeah. <laughs> he's had good finishes at Bristol, but he's never had a top 10 at Dover. But looking at his stats, since coming over to Roush, now RFK, finished in the top 20 every race, his three finishes there, 16th, 14th, and 17th. The one con to that, is that he's fallen back in all of those races. He started 12th, 5th, and 10th in those three races, respectively. I will say with that, though, that's back when they were not qualifying. So if he could give you a top 20 pace and maybe qualifies a little bit behind there, he could probably get you a good points day. I think as long as, you know, for whatever reason, they don't lay down a flying qualifying lap. I might have to reevaluate that if he qualifies near the front. But given where... how they've run and when he doesn't have issues he's been able to be you know a decent pick this year he's kept the car in one piece for the most part and giving you good finishes i i like busher i i think that's probably somebody that's gonna give you just enough if you can find a way to work him in your team as a, a budget play that could allow you to go out there and possibly get some other people and maybe push you over the finish line when it comes to the fantasy picks yeah i mean my comment about priest was more like if it feels starts to feel like he really just isn't a Rick Ware car, which again would be surprising, pretty shocking. But there are guys underneath him at that point that I think come into play. Yeah, that's, that's how it works. <laughs> so, 
That'll probably do it for the fantasy teams. Any final thoughts uh, this weekend, Mark? I hope that the next time we talk on Sunday or Monday, whenever it happens to be, that uh, someone I want to win will have won. One of, one of my guys. That don't, hasn't really happened yet this year. Been close. But I just I want one of my guys to take over. And Byron's probably the closest it's been. He is moving up, up the charts. So that that that's that's my parting comment. I want to win. Hey, I I just want to see a good race. Yeah. I already touched on it, Dover, at least in my opinion. It's been one of those tracks that, you know, has struggled to produce really exciting racing on a consistent basis, probably over the last decade, decade and a half. The new car, I think, is putting some promise into that. Like, hey, maybe we could turn this around. Maybe we could get a good race. And, and that's more than anything. I just want to see a good race on Sunday. I, I agree. I think, yeah. I agree. I, I, and you know what will make it a good race? What would make it a good race? If Chase wins. Oh. It's, he's the most popular driver in NASCAR. I think there's going to be a lot of fans very happy if Chase Elliott is able to conquer the Monster Mile once again. But that is going to do it for us here on the Bernie Breakdown tonight. We'll be back at some point, probably either Sunday or Monday, with a race review. I know Mark clearly is hoping for the Chase Elliott win. I'm just hoping for a good race. No rain, no follow the leader no stupid stuff let's just have a good race on sunday and hopefully after we'll give you some great things to talk about but until next time we'll see you guys later brandon monroe here thanks for listening to the bernie breakdown remember to keep listening to us on your favorite podcasting platform and remember to follow us at bernie breakdown on twitter instagram youtube and all of our other social media platforms